The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, and tonight I am joined by Chris Kenya Meridi. Still, still living in Dallas, Texas. So hailing from Dallas, Texas. Chris, how's it going, man? It's pretty good since a few days ago. You know, just chilling and working. Exactly. Yeah. So the last podcast we did, we didn't get to cover everything we wanted to. I know it's just a little bit earlier this week, but we're both big NBA fans, of course. We saw Ben Simmons um, stranglehold, I guess, or um, use his arms to deflate the situation as the NBA wants to put out um, between Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. Plus, we want to talk about some more NCAA football and the BMF title uh, for UFC tomorrow night. Since Chris is a big fan of the UFC, I want to ask him some about that as well. So, Chris, let's lead it off with that. What do you think of the of UFC 244 in the BMF title? What, what I mean, do you think this is like the coolest name for a championship we have so far? Who do you think is going to win? The whole thing. Um, I mean, I think it's just a great concept in general. Um, I mean, for like people that really watch the UFC, these are like two of the greatest. I mean. BMFers like out there, and so they always come out, always come show out. Uh, they're always coming, to, they're trying to try to knock you out, they're not really coming to wrestle you, they're not trying to take you down. I mean, Nick Diaz is he's got some grappling with them, but I mean, when he takes you down or he goes on the ground with you, he's going to like to break your arm or he's trying to choke you out. He's not trying to get points, he's not trying to do technical stuff, he's trying to end it right away. So, these two guys really aren't about that talk, about more about that action. And, you know, a lot of people with UFC, um, all the trash talk they talk is really just business. I mean, with Conor McGregor and, like, it could be – that was kind of, like, some of the most just heinous things I've heard somebody say to somebody else on live television uh, trying to build up a fight. And then during the fight when Khabib's beating him up, you can hear Conor McGregor say over and over, it was just business, it was just business, it was just business. So, so like, these are two guys that they don't – they don't, they don't they don't work that way. They don't they don't function in that way. They, they really – they want to fight you. They they hate. They don't like you. They want to come knock you out, and then they'll leave and act like nothing's ever happened. And so, um, I'm excited for it. Um, I just saw the belt. Obviously, like they're not trying to make it um, too expensive. It's a one-off belt, and so yeah, it's like kind of like a generic version of the the new UFC titles, but just with the BMF on the front. So UFC. So it looks good. I mean, just it's crazy how I mean the title is being made because Nate Diaz, you know, mouthed off after his fight a few months ago. And so, uh, sadly, I don't know. I've been thinking about it for a while and I really, I was torn for a good amount of time, but I guess last night I realized that I really feel like Jorge, Jorge Masvidal is going to come out with the win. Uh, we really, me and my friends have been talking about it. Uh, don't really see it going past the third round. Um, see a knockout coming or some kind of submission. But thinking that Jorge's going to win is probably going to be a knockout. And so I'm excited to see it. It's really a stacked card. Uh, there's a lot of good fights on there. Uh, it's probably one of the best cards ever. And the funny part is there's not really a real championship on the line. Like, there's no actual world title uh, being put up in this pay-per-view. But it's probably going to be one of the best pay-per-views ever. And so I'm excited to watch it. I'm, I would not miss this for anything in the world. So Yeah, what do you think about Dwayne The Rock Johnson? The... Kind of being the guy who's you know brought the belt out for everyone to see here. 
don't know. That's that's the best. That's one of the best parts about it. That's that's awesome. Like I love The Rock. Uh, Rock is probably one of the few guys that did the WWE and is like widely respected no matter what from like anyone in all angles. Uh, there's people in the fight game that <clears throat> obviously don't like the WWE because it's scripted. Um, but The Rock, I mean, Stone Cold, some of those old guys, like really the old school guys are still really respected, Ric Flair, so on and so on. And so, but The Rock is really like the baddest one. Like he, he really like carried the WWE, WWF for a good amount of time, came out of it, which became the largest grossing uh, movie, movie star in the world. For multiple years, I mean, look at him. Like, he's, what, six-something? Yeah. Uh, he's... Like, he, he, like, can carry a truck, like, most likely. And so, he's, uh, he's, I mean, he's awesome, bro. And he's just, he's, like, he's gold on the mic. So, that's what really makes him above anybody else really, like, on top of that. With pretty much, uh, I want to say the fighting world, but if sports entertainment in general. It's just because, like, he's, he's got, he's got the body. He's got, he's got the work. But he's also got that pretty much that ability to speak on the mic and just be very entertaining to any kind of person that wants to watch. So it's going to be really fun. I love that he's given, he's the one that's given the belt away. Uh, Jorge wins is going to be even special because, I mean, they're both from pretty much Miami, Florida, that area. And so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I, I think the, the Rock is one of those guys who rightfully owns his nickname and lives up to it. I mean, there are, there are guys where... If you look up on like Basketball Reference or whatever, and like Dion Waiters, his his uh, nickname is I think it's like LeBron Kobe or Kobe Braun or something, and that one is just funny because I, I looked up the other day and you know still remembered it. But The Rock really does live up to his nickname of The Rock, and uh, I I think that's how a lot of people know it. I wonder I wonder if I asked like my little brothers if they knew. You know, if I said, hey, who's Dwayne Johnson, if they would actually know or if they would just know him only as The Rock, because you're right. He is a major movie star, major just, you know, public figure at this point um, that I think a lot of the younger generation. I'm talking about little brothers who are like 12 and 14 who have no idea this guy played for the Dolphins, you know, at one point yeah. or uh, or the U, excuse me, um, for Miami. But but anyways, so after UFC, we got some college football coming up this weekend. Um, actually, tomorrow here in about, oh gosh, some odd 12 hours from when we're recording is the uh, first couple of games. What are you looking forward to most? Um, That Georgia-Florida game. Uh, very excited to see that just because, I mean, the winner of that's always won the SEC East at least the last four years. Uh, it's going to be the winner this year also. And so... Um, so they just one of that, seeing who's going to either face LSU or Alabama. Um, also excited for that SMU-Memphis game. Uh, it's great. It's awesome uh, that Memphis got game day. Uh, they're going to see both of them in uh, primetime television. Uh, it's a good story, SMU, this year. You know, just coming out of nowhere, 7-0, uh, trying to stay undefeated. Memphis, who's only got one loss, uh, pretty much beating SMU would make sure that they are on top of their their conference pretty much just with that tiebreaker. And so can't wait to see that. I mean, I want to see uh, how Oklahoma state does with no Tylen Wallace. So that'll be interesting against TCU. And then, uh, I mean, other than that, there's not really a lot of important matchups happening. Obviously there's big, there's teams that obviously need to win their games to stay where they are at. But uh, other than that, really this weekend is not really much for me uh, just to like stay, stay watching, but I'm always going to be watching college football. So I'll have a game on some at any time of the day. Yeah, I guess the the biggest Big Twelve game that matters 
um, for this weekend already happened, and it was on Halloween, and that's Baylor remaining undefeated. Um, currently, Baylor is 8-0, and the only undefeated team in the Big 12s, I think I said the other night as well, but barely barely scraped out a win against West Virginia. Um, West Virginia probably should have tied that if they you know, don't miss the second chance at a field goal that they already made the first time, but a penalty, draw it back, the whole thing. So, that was kind of the game I was watching a lot, especially last night, and, you know, this weekend, you're right, like, there's just, I'm looking through the top 25 slate here, and besides that Florida-Georgia game and SMU and Memphis, there's really nothing of significance here. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how, like, Utah does, because they're 7-1 and one against Washington, but it's like, you know, I mean, it's, it's at Washington, I guess. So I don't know. I, I Utah seems like they're pretty darn good. Washington's already lost three, and the Pac-12 is just a whole, whole mess right now in my mind. But then, uh, you know, Oregon plays later that day against USC, and that's at USC, and it's in the Coliseum, and Oregon's you know seventh best team in the country by rankings wise. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, that's kind of the the two. The two games I have always questions about are like the Pac-12 games of you never really know what's going to happen. It seems to me that the Pac-12 is the most up and down division in college football. Yeah, I mean, I've honestly just given up on the Pac-12. I really don't care about it anymore. Um, <sighs> Oregon's probably going to beat USC, but at the same time, is Oregon going to do anything? Uh, they'll probably get to some New Year's Six Bowl, or they could end up losing two more uh, insignificant games in the Pac-12 with the rest of the season, and so um, after Washington lost to, I forgot who they played a few weeks ago when they were ranked, and they just blew it against an unranked like Pac-12 team. It's just like, what is? <laughs> I don't know. Pac-12 just is so up and down for me. I just uh, I wait until the end of the year if somebody really makes it out all the way, then we'll see how they really look. But until then, Oregon could lose to USC this weekend. Like that's a really big possibility. So it's just so wishy-washy for me. And so, yeah, I tend to I – mean, I used to, but now I tend to just wait until the end to see how the Pac-12 unfolds before I, I really think any teams are a contender or anything like that. Yeah, I got you. I, I'm, I'm excited to see how, um, you know, in the Big 12 at least, I'm excited to see how K-State and KU do against each other um, and then how we play against TCU at home. Like you said, with Wallace out – um, just came out today that he tore his ACL and is out for the rest of the season. So I'm I'm, I'm curious to see how we're going to fare against that TCU team at home. We, we both have very similar records. Both are uh, you know only two wins in the Big Twelve. We played one more game than TCU is the only difference. Um, and we've won that one more game, but still we've only played one more game. So that that's kind of my significant news and notes is as the Oklahoma State fans we talked about about Oklahoma State on the last podcast yeah just curious to see how the CCU game uh pulls out here but I I don't know if you heard this week as well some big NCAA news happened where the NCAA voted to allow and I, I believe I'm getting the wording correctly here to allow players to um you know like gain financial um gain financial success from their image and likeness being used. So that brings to the next question here. If NCAA football 20 came out tomorrow, which team are you playing as? I mean, that's the game we all really want to come back. I really wanted to come back. I remember playing NCAA 13 with RG three on the cover, but Barry Sanders was also on the cover. Um, 
And that was like one of my favorite video games ever. So who are you playing with an NCAA 20 if it came out this year? Um, honestly, I think for maybe a tie. Um, I would love to play with Oklahoma State, you know. I actually yeah. do better than what they would do in real life, <laughs> what they are doing in real life. <laughs> sure. Uh, but uh, I think the first time I played with is Ohio State. It's just like their team in general, the amount of offensive weapons they have. And just how good their defense is in general. I mean, that'd be that'd be a team to create a dynasty with and just continue it out. Uh, but I mean, I cannot wait if NCAA really does happen because I mean, I love that game. Like especially like the create a dynasty, play 10, 20, 30 seasons as a college team, and just see how that goes. Recruiting, all that stuff. It's a really fun game. I mean, I think it's better than the NFL where I'm Madden, and so. I mean, but I'm excited for it. I mean, I think the way they do it is just if they do create a game, they just literally take a percentage of the profits and they divide it amongst the, I don't know how many NCAA Division One football players there are, but I guess everybody just gets a share. I mean, I don't think you can really say a certain player gets more money than another since, like, that's the game. Like, we'll be just playing the game in general. Uh, I think we will see like different players making more money as if they start some like giving money from Jersey sales, stuff like that. And so we'll see. Yeah. I, I would be curious how they divvy that up because clearly a team like Alabama is going to be used more and played as more and probably has more details in the game than like old dominion or whoever. But I mean, I'm assuming, you know, by rules and regulations, everyone gets the exact same amount and maybe these players are getting, who knows, it's $1,000 or it's $10,000 or it's $100. So, you know, it's hard to tell because, you know, all that type of stuff, I think, is something that would keep secret for a while until the players actually found out what they were getting and stuff just from the profits of it. I know there's a lot of profits yeah. in a video game, but there's a difference between gross and rent and, and excuse me, gross and net revenue. And whatever they're making net revenue-wise has to be divided up, of course. So when you see that gross revenue number, that doesn't include all of the, you know, paying their own employees at EA and the whole thing, which I get into a whole other time. Now it's getting into a a weird Wednesday podcast like Rosillo does. But I do do think it's going to be awesome to have NCAA 20 back. I mean, basically just like throw in, you know, the NCAA rosters instead of the Madden rosters and teams and stuff like that and just, you know put it out. I mean, in theory, it could come out next year, right? For NCAA 21. I would think yeah, so, right? I don't think, I don't think it takes too long to make it. I mean, the yeah. only thing that I think would take a long time would be uh, like physically having all the players have to come in, like do their scanning, all that, all that. But I think you, they would have to go individually to each campus and do that instead of like, can't really have college players come to you. You have to go to them. Yeah. And, the, um, and so I think that'd be just like a one day your team gets together, you do it, right, like, in the off-season, or, I mean, the beginning of the school year. And then, number two, like, I can't wait, because my favorite part about this now is uh, no longer will be just numbers, like, <laughs> <laughs> like actually be names, and so you'll actually know who you're playing with, and actually look like, like the player, not just be a generic face that they create, so I'm excited for that, too. That'll be awesome. I The, the team I would play with this year, at least, is Clemson. I've always loved the idea of dropping back to throw the ball and, you know, having a Trevor Lawrence, my quarterback would be awesome. Um, you know, of course I want to play as Oklahoma state and, you know, 
see if I can do the play calling better and the whole thing. But the other team I would use besides Oklahoma State um, is Clemson. They have a great D-line as well. They always do and stuff. So that would be a lot of fun, at least for me. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I would love to have, like, past years if you could do that as well. Because, honestly, like, they were – we have Justice Hill, Mason, I think last year uh, – or two years ago, excuse me. We have James Washington, Mason Rudolph, and Justice Hill. Man, that would be a fun team as an Oklahoma State team to play with for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's where it gets into the whole. Uh, now we play all these other players. So yeah, I mean, if I'm an old player and they decide to put my stuff on there, I'm get, I want some money too. College players are getting paid, right? So, I doubt they'll be doing that, but maybe like down the line in the future, maybe do like a ten year anniversary after ten year after anniversary after they make ten years, ten years or so. Like 2030 or something like that, just like they do with like the Legends stuff and uh, NBA, mm-hmm. 2K, stuff like that. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Like, um, like let's play as 1988 Barry Sanders when he won the Heisman and, you know, Thurman Thomas and Mike Gundy. And, you know, then more recently, like, you know, the Weed and the Blackman does exist in the video game, I will say. Because um, that was long ago enough that NCAA was still coming out, but it's it'd be fun to see a refresher of it, you know. And once a decade passes, that team when we you know beat Stanford in the BCS in the BCS Bowl of the year, the Fiesta Bowl. But, but yeah, I think I think those teams would be fun and just be great to see like a past past couple teams playing and and stuff like that too. See, it'd be fun to like put Oklahoma State this year versus OU of like. 2000 or something when they won the national championship last or, or whatever it would be. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it should be pretty darn good. So now we got to talk about some NBA. Um, so as right before we record our last podcast, Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid basically got into a brawl on the court. Um, I'm not going to say necessarily a fight because <laughs> I don't know who won. And the fights, there's always a winner and I don't know who won. So, so, so I'm going to ask you if you have an opinion on who won. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say who won. What's going to, I think for me, the best part about it is the aftermath of just the trash talking that's happening between Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. Uh, the funny part is, I mean, I mean, they really, most of it was just hugging. Like nobody really. Right. Somebody out. Like, like, and that's the thing though. Like there's for me personally, like if, I was six eleven, seven feet tall. Like I'm knocking you out. Like I'm not on. Like that's how I know they're not really fighting, fighting. Because like, why? What's stopping me as Joel Embiid or as Carl Anthony Towns from swinging at you and and really connecting? Because like, if if you're that big, like it only takes like one or two connections, and the other person's out, no matter how big they are. So I guess I, I don't know. NBA players like there's only a rare few that I I can think of that would actually be out there like going going for it and actually going to for for the for the win, whatever as you would say. And uh Carlton Towns, Joel and Beat are two players that are just not that mold. And so same thing with Ben Simmons. Like you saw Ben Simmons was just hugging him, not really even choking him out. Like he was in a position where he could really have choked him out, but he didn't do that really. He just put him in a headlock. And so like I mean it's just I think it's just funny entertainment. Like they get fined a few bit a few thousand dollars, they get suspended a few games, but then for the rest of the season, 
all you're going to hear from Carlton Towns and John Embiid is just trash talking for about each other, going back at each other, going back and forth. And then when they go against each other, it's just going to create some, some excitement. I mean, if I'm, I'm a 49ers ticket sales person or if I'm a Timberwolves ticket sales person, I'm excited because at least those are games that I know I'm going to sell out real, real easily just because everybody's going to want to come see what else is going to go on. And so I think it's just better for like the, the popularity and for the fans and stuff like that. But when it comes to them two fighting, they didn't really, they really didn't fight. They just, they just uh, hugged each other a little bit and then uh, got pulled off each other. And so, yeah. And I always think it's just such an odd, odd idea for me to have two NBA players really fighting each other because if you're going to fight each other in my mind, at least the two biggest guys physically on the court. I mean, You've got like a seven foot arms, you know, wingspan or eight foot wingspan or, or whatever it is. You got, you know, you're trying to square somebody up and hit him like right in the jaw when, yeah, you might have done some kickboxing over the summer, but at the end of the day, like, are you really trying to hit him? And I think that's where we're both getting at is like you're 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 trying to make sure they understand they get a message. Hey, don't mess with me, but you're trying to square him up and like really punch him. You do it straight on. So that you know, it's always kind of like the, you know arm to the head and misses or whatever. And guy gets too close to the body and all type of stuff. So it's, it's funny. All the, all the fights and stuff like that. The biggest one we had last year was of course that, uh, Ray John Rondo and Chris Paul, which now seems like it was forever ago. because everything that's happened. But this year so far, it's been Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid, two guys who I would not have guessed by the way, would have gotten into a brawl, um, this early in the season. But kind of on that, Carlton Towns been playing really well for the Timberwolves, um, and I think he's just asking for more, some more respect, really, this season. What, yeah. what have you thought about his play? No, his play has been great. I mean, he's he's doing what an All Star does, especially as All Star is the best player on his team. Um, I like that he's gotten his three point shot even a little bit better. Uh, he's really becoming one of the best centers in the league. And I mean, as you said to it, it's true. Like he really hasn't ever gotten that much respect. And I've been one of the people that. I mean, I don't really, I've never really knocked his play when it comes to his skill. It's been more about the, like, the gritty, the the tough plays that he needs to make. And he just, I mean, he still kind of hasn't shown that. So we'll see when it comes down to it. It's just, I mean, there's times where on defense, he's being guarded by somebody who's, like, 6'7", and they're guarding him effectively. Like, that shouldn't happen. Like, you're 6'11", six, you're six, 7 feet tall, almost 280. Like, come on, bro. And then there's times where he's on defense and he's not really doing that much uh, banging in, in, in the paint, being that big man. And so, I mean, he's as big as his Shaq was at some point. Like, in, like he needs to be down there dominating the paint like like Shaq used to do or, I mean, other really big men like vintage Dwight Howard and so on and so on. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's just, I don't know. I think it's just a mentality thing. I think he's always going to have the skill set. I just don't think he's ever going to be that that guy that's bruising in the paint, doing all that work 24-7. Uh, and, and then because of all that and how it's gone, it's getting to a point where now you're going against guys and they're going to say something to you. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Joel said something. Carl Anthony said something back. You know, back, forth, back, forth, push, 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 and then hug each other. And so, like, I mean, that's going to happen for the rest of his career because that's been a mentality. I mean, when – you and three other guys get screwed, get uh, 
destroyed on by Jimmy Butler and, and your third your third team stringers, that's always going to stick with you for the rest of your career. There's unless he comes out and just wins two NBA championships or something like that. There's nothing that's ever going to wipe away the memory of of what just happened. And so when you go against other big men who Joel Embiid is known to be more physical, Joel Embiid is known to have a little bit better skill, except for the shooting threes. And so, and he's kind of a mouth, he's got a mouth on him. And so what he's going to do is he's going to talk that trash on the court. And that's another thing, like, you've got to be able to handle that. Joel Embiid said whatever he said to Shaq, Shaq wouldn't have cared. Shaq would have got the ball next play, went and scored and moved on. And so I think that's something that he's going to have to deal with also is for people to look at you like you're a grown man, you're going to have to act like it. And getting in a little squabble is just because Joel Embiid got to you. That's not really proving that point of you maturing, of you becoming a, a better big man, so on and so on. And so that's something he's going to have to work on. And really, your, your team can't really work on that for you. That's a personal thing. And so mm-hmm. that's really going to kind of really hinder him <laughs> in his career. And so hopefully he can get that together. Yeah, and, and I also think Carlton Towns is playing so much better this season. And it's noticeable. He's scoring yeah. on – just, you know, I pulled up some stats real quick here. He aver- he's been averaging 27 points per game. And I know it's through the first four, and it's not that big of a slice, you know, the whole apple of what we're saying. But, you know, tw- averaging 27 points per game when they're playing teams that are, are quality teams that I think will make the playoffs, like the Sixers, Heat, and Nets. And yeah. well, he's going to be good. I think, I think he'll average at least 25 and 12 yeah. in the season. He really so. should, and they. I mean, I know, and I understand that. You know, maybe the Heat aren't the greatest team in the entire world defensively, and maybe the Nets aren't either, and maybe you know, maybe and definitely the Hornets. You know, they beat by twenty, um, as their other win on the season isn't the greatest. But the the biggest thing for me is like, it's crazy that he like flipped this switch and is just better through four games this season. I I'm gonna have to go back through and. I'll have it ready for the next podcast of like what's Carlton Towns's, you know, what is what is his average of points per game through his career until this date because this seems way better than usual. Oh, let's see. I can pull it up while we're talking. Um, yeah, I mean, it's also he's getting the ball more and he's just taking advantage of it. He's a lot more efficient than he's been. Um, so, I mean, it's his team. Like he's and he's embracing that role. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, first, Andrew Wiggins is going to have to step up in order for the Timberwolves to actually do something uh, with the season, like actually be contenders. Because they have, I'm not going to say they have the talent to be a full-on contending team, but, I mean, the Bucks have one great player. They're one superstar. And then a team around them, and they're, they're going to, they're, they're the, for me, the lock to go to, this, to the championship from the East. So it's not like you need, when you're coming from the East, it's not like you need a duo or a yeah. big three. Like you just need a really great superstar. And then you need a team around you. That's going to, you know, back you up and get those points on the board, play some good defense, so on and so on. And he's got players. I mean, the Timberwolves have players like So, and it's not really, I mean, you're in the East. It's not really the biggest task to get to the playoffs. And it's not really the biggest task to advance the first two rounds. After that, it's just, what can you do with it? And so, uh, I mean, yeah. So, but I'm looking at it. So, Timberwolves, 2018, he averaged uh, 24.4, 12.4 rebounds. Uh, the year before that, 
Uh, he's always averaged around. Uh, his first season, he averaged 10 rebounds. And then after that, it's been 12.3, 12.3, 12.4. His points has gone up. Uh, it went from 18.3 to 25.1. Then it dipped down to 21.3. And last season, it was 24.4. And so then this season so far, he's at 37.2. And so, or 27.2. Wow. But yeah, but his, I mean, his field goal is at 55%. Uh, his three point is at fifty three, and so that's for I me. Mean, that's from the big thing for me is gonna be his three point percentage, and then he's got two point five steals this year so far in those first four games, which is significantly higher than the point seven he's averaged in his career, and then he's got one point eight blocks so far. So if he can stay in that like two two steal range, and then that one point five one point eight blocks, which he's kind of gotten his whole career. He can actually be a pretty good contender for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, but if he keeps that three-point percentage up to above, like, 47% or higher, uh, take his shots wisely, like, he could put his team in a really good chance to, to go far. It's just, well, what is the rest of your team going to do once you get to that point and late in the season? And so we'll see how things go. Yeah, and I'd also be really interested to see if, you know, like a conference realignment scenario of – where do the Timberwolves stand in the Eastern Conference? If they're playing more Eastern Conference teams than Western Conference teams, because you play like weirdly more, what you know, everyone plays more of your own conference than not. And I'd love to see how they would do in the East, really, like what their win total would be, what their playoff projections would be as well, too. Because if I think of, okay, the Timberwolves versus the Heat, like right now, today, it's like, I don't know. And I'm drawing parallels to the Heat because of um, Jerry Butler, of course, playing for the Timberwolves, what seems like forever ago, but it's like right when last season started um, for a little bit. So that and, you know, like how would they fare against like the Nets this year with they don't have KD and stuff like that? It, it seems like the Timberwolves could have a good chance of, oh, excuse me, uh, you know, making the seventh or eighth seed in the West this year, but that's really because the the Warriors are completely out of it in my mind at this point. Did you? Uh, I'm sure you. I'm sure you heard Steph Curry's out for like three plus months. What do you think about the Warriors right now? Yeah, um, I think the I think that injury kind of screwed them uh, with Steph. I mean, I all these people saying they're not going to make the playoffs, yada yada. I think it's just complete. Just <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of talk. From just people just trying to get uh, media spot attention, uh, trying to just fill the uh, sound, I guess. Um, and so, I mean, with D'Angelo, with Draymond, with Steph, I have no doubt that they would have been a seventh or eighth. Like they would get their stuff. Together. They would have gotten their stuff together, especially with uh, Clay Thompson coming back uh, after right after the, uh, the All Star game. So you're giving them thirty something, forty games with Clay Thompson. Uh, 30 games or so with Clay Thompson, like he would have came and they would have really actually done some work, got a good amount of wins out of those to elevate them. And so, I don't know. Uh, now, just D'Angelo and Draymond, <laughs> that's and your rest of your team is a lot of players that are 24 years and younger. I really don't see them getting uh, that many amount of wins in order to stay alive to where Steph and Clay come back and then elevate you to a seventh or eighth seed. So sadly, this year I think they're not in the playoffs. But uh, 
everybody's talking about, like, this year might suck, but I really would, I would, I would tell people to really hold themselves from talking too much shit just because next season, Clay Thompson will be back fully healthy, uh, barring anything, anything else bad happening. Uh, Steph Curry will be back fully healthy. Uh, D'Angelo will have a year in with the system. Draymond will still be there. Uh, every, everybody that's there will be a year older. Uh, they have some good players that are young. And so what all this and all, all the injuries that are happening out, all they really do is give all those other guys extra playing time. The only way, like, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you say, if you are a professional athlete, the best way to get better is by by real playing time, like NFL, NBA, like, so on and so on. You, that's why you see rookie quarterbacks or rookies in general not really be that great. Some are, don't get me wrong, but a lot are, they play like rookies. So that's why people say stuff like that. They're playing like a rookie because you don't have that playing time. And so all these young guys that they have, they're 24 or younger, they're just getting a lot more playing time now that all these main players are injured. And so even if you are a small forward, just because Steph Curry's injured, you're going to get more playing time because it's going to be divided up against the rest of the team. Like the only two people that are really going to be playing 40 minutes plus are going to be Draymond and D'Angelo. Everybody else, you're going to be getting 20 plus minutes. That's going to be divided box to everybody else. So... Once they get more more playing time, more playing time, they're gonna get better. Like that's if they're not, there's no reason for them to be on the team. And then you're telling me Clay Thompson's gonna come back fully healthy, who in my opinion is the best shooter in basketball. Then you have the second best shooter in basketball and Steph Curry coming back, who is one of the best point guards, you know, one of the best two weight players in Clay Thompson. Like they're gonna be top four, top five team next year. And so uh, so yeah, I'm gonna refrain from talking shit, shit about him because that's gonna come back and bite people in the ass next year. Because I mean, unless people are just really excited by just one year of the Warriors being horrible and then back to being good again. So, uh, but yeah, they're in trouble this year. I'll say that for sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the Warriors are make the playoffs this year, as you said. Um, I, I think they're posed. For next year, though, they can use that Spurs blueprint of David Dave Robinson ninety six ninety seven now. Of you know what they'll I think as Steve Kerr said today they're gonna rest Draymond um, for some minutes and stuff like that as well. So they're really in my mind that's that's the keynote of yeah we're gonna rest Draymond as well and even though we have D'Lo maybe they'll trade you know D'Angelo Russell or they could trade him next year too he's on a four year deal. Um, for something that might be more valuable as well. And Steph Curry being out for three months, like, I mean, really, D'Angelo Russell and Jeremy Green are not going to carry these guys to eight seed. No, they're definitely not. And that's another thing I just I really didn't think about that you just brought up is <laughs> they're not making the playoffs. That means that they're not going to be in anywhere in the lottery, or they're going to be in the lottery at some point. Which means they keep their draft pick because if they are not, if they are, I think that the Brooklyn Nets have the draft pick from that trade. If it's, if it's, um, in 20 to 30, um, but if it's under, you know, it's one through 19, then the Warriors keep it. Yeah. And so you're telling me, I mean, it's going to be, they're not going to make the playoffs. So it's going to be under 15. And so, and I really think it's going to be like a bad, not making the playoffs. I think it's going to be 
And I think knowing where they are, and that's what, when you think about it even more as a coach and as a GM, uh, by the time Steph comes back and by the time uh, Clay Thompson comes back, your record is going to be so bad to where you say, hey, no need to rush you. Like Clay Thompson, like when you were making the playoffs looking like you could be a contender, then yeah, you rush Clay Thompson back. Like he comes back, comes to put that fuel in your system. But coming out of, off an ACL, like you don't have to rush him back anymore. Like this year is a bust already. It's already a bust. And so he can come play like 15 games limited. He can you can hold him out even longer. And then Steph comes back. No reason to rush you. Like you have a broken hand. Your hand is how you make a living. And so no reason to rush you either. You come back slowly, limited minutes, so on and so on. Get more losses. Get more losses. So I'm thinking. The Warriors, like if, if I mean, without the lottery, because obviously some certain teams get higher than they're supposed to be, so on and so on, just because of how it is. But if you really look at just, let's just say it's like the NFL, where your pick is determined by your position at the end of the year, I think the Warriors could be like a top five team. Like, and so, and then with a lot of the lottery works, or at least a top seven, yeah. with how the lottery works, they could get higher than they were. I mean, the last few years, we haven't had a number one overall pick that was literally the worst team in the last year. It's always been uh, some team advancing from, like, that was, like, the third or fourth or fifth worst team. And so, I mean, for God's sakes, Cleveland got, like, three or four straight first overall picks just from the lottery. And so we don't know what could happen. Like, the Warriors could have the number one overall pick next year. And so you're telling me that you're going to have a roster of the number one overall pick Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, D'Angelo Russell, and then all the players they have, the big men they have a year in the league with more playing time, more experience. Like that's just, so I'm not gonna, not really gonna throw so much shade at them. Like this, we're gonna speak facts on it. They're not gonna be good this year, but uh, next year we're it's gonna be a whole different story and a whole different system, whole different play. And so, and then one thing is. Now the, all these other NBA teams, one thing like with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson is like their shock factor to where like you're not, nobody's going to go against them this year. And so you're not really going to be prepared. So when you go against them next year, that's going to be some, a, a, a whole year of removed of you going against Steph, a whole year removed of you going against Clay, of you playing against all these other players that are great, but they don't play the same way. They don't shoot the same way. And so you're not going to be guarding Clay Thompson chest to chest. Because you haven't guarded anybody all season, chest to chest. Draft next year, which makes me excited to see something new in the finals. To be to be oh, honest yeah. with you, I mean, no matter what, we're gonna see like like we're gonna see like LeBron and AD go at it against presumably, and I'm assuming. Um, on both these teams, the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George, which is just going to be, that's going to be awesome. Like, I can't wait to watch that playoff series, however it unfolds, and whenever they play each other, if it's in the finals or if it's earlier because, oh, I don't know, both teams rest some guys some more and they don't care about getting the number one overall seed necessarily over everything. And going to love seeing the East, too, of, you know, hopefully, like, the Bucks go against the Sixers for Eastern Conference Finals. And it really gets me excited about the NBA season, to be honest. I'm, I'm I'm really hyped up on the different possibilities this year of seeing different teams and maybe some of the same stars if Kawhi's back and and such. Yeah. But but still like in a different different format, different setting and I, I think we're gonna see a little bit less 
of like the three point barrage this year. More of the driving kick threes and the threes are going to keep going up. That's not going to change, but you know, less of the, you know, pass, pass, you know, shoot, shoot a three from the Warriors, more of like, you know, as, as a Thunder fan here of like watching Russ drive and kick, you know, or something and seeing that this year, I'm, I'm really getting excited for the NBA season, especially as we, you know, see like the, the Knicks play the Celtics tonight and the Celtics Tatum hits a, you know, a two pointer over RJ Barrett to win the game. Like yeah. stuff like this seems like it's happening every night where, you know, I don't know if you're currently watching the Mavs Lakers game or got it on another TV, but yeah, like yeah. Lakers going up against LeBron, it's crazy awesome. Well, I think what's best about what's really good about NBA this year than from its last like seven to ten years. I mean, don't get me wrong; like I appreciate what the, the Warriors did. I really do, and it was great to watch, and it's amazing for basketball history. I'm gonna be very happy that in 30 years I'm gonna be like, yeah, but that was me watching that 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 happened in front of my very eyes. But I think what's happening this year that hasn't happened in the NBA for a very long time is that not only did a lot of players move, so you have all these same stars that we love to watch, but on brand new teams, number one. Uh, number two, there's new collaborations, uh, new duos. It's not really a big three anymore. Right now, the NBA is more about a like, big two plus the team. Uh-huh. Uh, if you literally look around, uh, so that's a really big, that's a new step in, in basketball. You know, for a while, it was a big three, creates a big three. Let's see how it goes. Uh, now it's really a, more of a big two, and then a really good team around you. Uh, if you're gonna be a good team, and so and then the, the only big three really I can think of is the 76ers. But they really, most of the time, you can if you watch them, you'll see that only two out of three will have a big night. Uh, the other one will have a quiet night. So I mean, for them, it's really a big two, <laughs> and then the third one is like chilling for for that game. And yeah. so, but uh, I mean, Jimmy Butler is gone. So I mean, it was kind of boring to have four all-stars on the same team uh so him and miami is pretty great especially combined tyler hero and that's another thing is with all these players have moved teams number one uh number two is there's such a a large amount of new talent that's really good in basketball and so not only are you watching lebron and ad kill it or paul george and uh Kawhi date with Kawhi Leonard killing it. You're also watching Tyler Hero come out and score a, a bunches of points and play good defense. You're watching John Morant run the Memphis Grizzlies as his team. You're watching Luka Magic, uh, the dragon himself, uh, with Chris Stops, you know, who he hasn't played in such a while where it, it seems like it's, we haven't seen him in so long that it's, it's really fun to watch him play again. And so uh, you're getting all these new stars. You have all these old stars that uh, are on different teams. You have players that are really re-emerging. Uh, Dwight Howard obviously will never be the same, but he's playing pretty well right now. Like He's playing yeah. like a yeah, like a pretty good player, better than he's played in a long time. Uh, it's good to see. So we have that. So we have three. And then number four is we have that team that we've been watching for the last five years dominate that they're not going to be in the picture for at least this year. And so we really have like that four-step process of just like a whole new NBA happening right in front of our eyes. It's, it's really exciting to watch. Uh, really, all these matchups are really great. Like three years ago, nobody really would have cared about the Mavericks and Lakers playing against each other. But right now, this game is pretty awesome. Uh, very exciting. The, the crowds into it, uh, all that, so on. I mean, we have. I mean, the Pelicans when they play somebody, it's pretty exciting. And guess what? Zion hasn't even entered the right. court. The Pelicans are still exciting. And so, like, so it's just so many. 
things have happened at the same time to where individually it would have been nice, but together all at the same time has made the NBA such a really fun league to watch this year and for the years to come. And so I'm really excited about that. And so, I mean, I think that's going to happen for the next few years to where it's going to be exciting to watch, exciting to watch. And then you think about it, uh, in my opinion, the best player in basketball, he's, he's not playing this year. Like, so he comes back next year, Kevin Durant. East is a whole new different conference with him in it. And so, yeah, like it's, oh, yeah basketball is really looking great. Um, uh, hopefully, thank, uh, praying to God, I really am. Like, every day I pray that he comes back fully at 100%. Achilles really does destroy careers. And so, I mean, he can come back. If he comes back the same awesome, he comes back 90%, that'd be great. Uh, but sadly, I mean, there's a chance of him never being the same ever again. So we'll see how that is. But uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really, I'm a big basketball fan, but I kind of was getting bored of it just because I knew what was going to happen. Uh, Warriors were going to go to the finals. Um, they were going to face somebody and most likely win. So this year it's kind of fun to where, like, I made my my NBA playoff, uh, like, finals prediction a few days ago with somebody, and it's brand new teams that I would never think of, I would have uttered, like, the last 10 seasons of my life. And so... Um, it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be great. You uh, you care to share that prediction here on the podcast and make it official? I mean, yeah, uh, it's gonna be Clippers Bucks. Um, and so okay. I think it's just, I mean, I don't. When I look at it from the East, uh, nobody's really gonna be. I think the forty nine, the seventy niners are or seventy sixers. I'm still thinking about the football game. Uh, yeah, two nights. Now. But uh, the seventy sixers are gonna be good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I still think that. Uh, the Bucks. Giannis is getting better, which is scary to say out loud or just like say in general. Uh, so Giannis is going to be an even better player. Uh, the Bucks got Wesley Matthews, who is going to be the new uh, court mate with Eric Blitzoe. So you have two guys who lock down people defensively are dogs, and they also can play offense. Um, I think Wesley is a better shooter, obviously, than um, Eric Bledsoe is, and so that's going to be more of a compliment because that was a problem last year was Eric really would be missing shots that did not, she did not need to be missing and kind of hindering the team. Uh, you've got Giannis shooting better, and that's another thing. I mean, with Kawhi, like, he was playing Giannis for the shot, like, the so same way that uh, the Spurs would, like, guard LeBron years back was where we want you to shoot that three. And so that was really kind of, like, diminishing the bucks because, I mean, if you're taking that away. If you're giving him that, you're taking away the paint. And so, like, what, what does Giannis got to do there? Nothing. So he's, his shooting's a lot better. Uh, Kawhi's gone, obviously. And so I think the Bucks come out of the, this year, uh, out of the East. And then if you really look at the West, the West is so stacked. Uh, Trailblazers are great. Denver's great. The Lakers are good. Um, I'm not going to say great yet, just because uh, I still want to see how they really play together. But, I mean, Trailblazers are a scoring machine. They're pretty much, they didn't really take anybody away. That's important, and they added Hassan Whiteside, and so I mean they're just pretty much adding defense, some offense. Uh, Damian Lillard still the same, Damian CJ still the same, CJ so on and so on. Same thing for the Nuggets. Did not really switch up anything. Added Jeremy Grant, who I think is great. <laughs> He's a great player, and so he really adds a lot of depth. Uh, all those other players are in the system even a year longer. Uh, you have Michael Porter who's back. They're slowly bringing him as the season goes. Uh, once it gets to playoff time, 
Uh, he's going to be an easy 15 points a game uh, for the team, which is, I mean, when you have nine players deep, that's pretty great, 15 points from a guy that's not even, you'd say, your fourth best player. But uh, when it really comes down to it, and you have the Clippers, who most likely are going to be one of the best defensive teams we've seen in the history of basketball uh, once they're awfully healthy. Um, I really think with the amount of time that Paul George is going to be diminished, I guess you would say, to where he doesn't have to play 40 minutes a game like he did with the Thunder or like with the Pacers, so on and so on, to where he only has to pay 30 minutes a game, 33 minutes a game, to where he's going to be a lot more healthier than he's been in the past. And that's been a big thing for Paul George, his health. And so uh, with him a little bit healthier, uh, with Kawhi Leonard there, with Pat Bev, who I think is probably the best defensive guard in basketball now, um, with Lou Williams, who professional scorer, so I didn't really need to say Montrez Harrell. Um, and so, I mean, Zubak is, is kind of nice right now, playing defensively at least. Um, and so, and he can score a bit. I just think the combined team effort that they're going to bring in with Dr. Riz as the coach, uh, we saw what they did last year. They got two wins on the Warriors, and that was without two All-Stars. I mean, unless you want to call Lou Will All-Star or Montrez All-Star, but you're telling me that you're going to not only bring that same team back, but in addition, you're going to add the two best two-way players in the forward position, both of both of which are the two best defensive forwards in basketball, one of which is probably the best offensive forward in basketball, the other one being the third best or so. And so um, when they're fully healthy, and now they're still still going through it, they're a new team together. So it's a little look, 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 looking a little rocky right now. But once they're all fully in, fully healthy, they get that stretch in of, 20, 30 games all together, and they figure things out. We're going to start watching some scary Clippers basketball, and people will start actually seeing what I'm talking about. And it's once they get to the playoffs, I think it's going to be game over. I don't, think he, I don't care who's in front of them. They're going to take it down. They're going to go. And I'll say right now, if they're going to win, if those two teams meet, they will. Clippers will win the NBA championship. And so, and so, yeah. So um, I'm saying Clippers, Bucks, and then I'm saying Clippers take the championship. All right, all right, man. Well, that's I don't, I don't know if I'm there with the Bucks yet. The 76ers still look so good right now. Um, and Giannis, you're right though. Giannis keeps getting better, and he just won the MVP, and he's still getting better. So, and that's unbelievable. Um, last question here, got end out the night. So I was thinking about this with a couple of friends, and it's pretty easy for me, but. Let's say you're at your own house, all right? So this is your place, um, you know, in Stillwater, in Dallas, wherever it is. And your your uh, friend you know, because the best friends you got to throw out the window. But a friend you know walks in wearing, like, an opposing team's hat, you know, shirt, whatever. Which team are you like, all right, you know what? You got to take that off before you can come in. Like, this is my house. There's no way you can wear the opposing, that, that team's gear, in my house, which team is it? Uh, easily for me, it's gonna be the New York Yankees. <laughs> all right, all right. We just don't do that. We don't do that around me. <laughs> I'm not a fan, and so it cracks me up to where I mean, we'll talk with me. That's happened to me in the, in the past, where uh, people, when I was living in like McDonald or so, people would come in. Uh, even my friend Hallie uh, would come in with like a New York Yankees hat. And so apparently, there's some like little league Tulsa team or some like small. Like Tulsa baseball team that had that uses the New York Yankees symbol, so that was what the hat was for. I mean, I'm gonna choose to believe her on that, 
And so, but yeah, there's been multiple times where I just, I don't talk to people. Like, there's only one person, I think, in the history of life that has worn a New York Yankees, like, New York Yankees clothing, period. And, like, I actually still talk to him. Like, anytime I see him, I'm, it's a guy, obviously. Like, girls, I'm not going to treat the same. That's not being me sexist, just me being nice. And, like, but uh, when it comes to guys, yeah, I, mean, I have no problem with telling a guy to fuck off. He's, wearing, he's a New York Yankees fan. But the uh, only person is Mike. His name's Mike. He's, he was on the wrestling team, but he's really a good friend of mine. And so I'll, I'll give him his respect. I mean, he's from that area. We were watching them, so I let him go really on that. But most everybody else, uh, yeah, I don't. You got some New York, New York on in public? I'm really not going to fuck with you. And you're definitely not wearing that in my house. So, yeah. What's yours? Man, mine... I've got way too many like high school friends who went to OU or big OU fans, but if they're coming over to my house, man. Like, I'll say it this way: if you're just wearing like I like I'm currently wearing an Oklahoma State hoodie and hat, and just normally something I wear to like lounge out in. But if one of my buddies is coming over to like to my place wow, and they're just wearing cool. something OU related, and there's no damn reason, like we're not playing them. They didn't just win yesterday. They're not trying to rub my face be funny. It's just part of what they're wearing. Like, nah, nah, I'm not doing it. Like, just nothing <laughs> OU, nothing sooner colored, the whole thing. Like, I, I, I still remember that back when I was in high school and in that uh, Fiesta Bowl I talked about a little bit earlier with Whedon and all those guys. I had, I had a buddy who wore an OU shirt to watch the Fiesta Bowl at Buffalo Wild Wings with me and two girls. And I remember, like, inviting him and inviting the two girls, being like, all right, like, let's get together and watch it. I think my parents were out of town and stuff. And I, what did, I didn't want to watch the Oklahoma State game and be sad or excited afterwards just by myself. And I'm not 21, so even though going to Buffalo Wild Wings, I was like, I oh, know I can't drink here, but still it's good. I remember he wore a Go OU shirt into Buffalo Wild Wings. I was like, dude, you guys aren't even playing today. You had a bad season this year. We won the Big 12 title. And you still got rubbed in my face. And then I went and got some, uh, I think it was like electrical tape out of my out of my truck for some reason. And I had it in there. And then I slapped an S in the middle of the OU on his chest. And I was like, this is going to make the difference, Seth. Right here. This is why we're going to win. Is because now your shirts just go OSU. And at least one <laughs> Oklahoma State color, which is black. Um, he wasn't wearing just straight crimson and cream anymore as I was decked out in every OSU fan gear I had at the time. But, good news, we did win the game. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I, almost everyone knows, like, like you know, we both worked for, like, Oklahoma State Athletics and, like, have had a lot of fun doing it and stuff, too. And I'm just a diehard OSU fan. You go to school for, like, five or six years, man, that, that stuff sticks with you. And I don't, I just, I hate losing OU, and that's the one team I can't stand when we lose against, because I see it on Twitter and Facebook and everything, and it's a little bit easier if if we lose, if we lose to OU this year, I'm not saying that we are going to, but last year I know when we lost OU and I was in San Diego, it was a little bit easier to live with, because there wasn't any OU fans I was going to see the next day. So, yeah. this year, I mean, I feel this year, like yeah. we played them, like, we just played them, or it's like, OU week or Bedlam week, whatever, in any sport. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really mess with the OU or anyone with the OU on. I think for me, what really pisses me off when it comes to OU is people that will wear that 
know nothing of like didn't go to school there. Like I mean, like one of my uh, one of my friends, Slavin, this girl, he's he's friends with uh, that I've hung out with for a few weeks now. Um, she like loves OU. She's a big OU fan, but she never went to OU. And so I'm just like, what? Like what? What reason? Like just because I mean I understand maybe being from the area or whatever, but she's not even from the area, and so I don't know. Oh, I really don't like it when people like rep. I mean, at least teams I don't like when they have nothing to do with them. Because I mean, all the teams that I like, I'm friends of. Like, I can tell you exactly why I'm a fan of them. But then number two is I can tell you everything about them, like history, fucking name, current players, like anything. Yeah. So I don't know. So like, oh, you definitely be my number two. But uh, yeah, I hate the despise them as an organization and most of their fans. So yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole, like, I've, I just know way too many people I went to high school with or I'm still friends with from something else who are big, big OU fans, and they have no business wearing anything OSU stuff, anything OU stuff. In fact, one of my best friends it went to OU. His name's, his name's Seth. I just said it. But his dad went to Oklahoma State, and his dad, like, is a huge OU fan, and I just don't... I think, what? like, I think he got his master's at OSU and his undergrad at OU. But, like, it's still to me, it's just like, dude, you went to both schools. Like, how are you so one-sided? You literally paid your own money to go to one of these, the other, the opponent. And you're I'm that mad at the opponent. Like, whatever. Why, why, did he the, why did he get his master's at OSU and just not at Like, stay there. Just don't. I think, it's the, I think it's the wildlife thing because we are, I mean, what, like half the people I know who are big OSU fans and then they get a pre-doctorate degree and then they become a doctor and they get like their doctorate degree out of you. I can live with that a little bit more because it's like, all right, OSU doesn't offer like a full doctorate program at, in Stillwater. Um, Granted, we, I think we do offer it in OSU Tulsa, but I can kind of understand that one a little bit more. It's the people who, like, went to University of Central Oklahoma, and they're just a huge diehard OU fan. They couldn't do anything else. And it's like, all right, man, like, I understand you like OU because they win, but just be upfront with everyone about it. Like, <laughs> like just, just let everyone know, like, dude, I love OU. I've loved OU forever. And then I, like, start talking to them, like, Oh yeah, you you've been a you've been a fan since the uh, Blake Bell days, right? You know, <laughs> like the Blake the Blake Bell when he couldn't throw a ball to hit the side of a barn. Like oh, you were a fan in those days too. Oh yeah, 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 for sure, man. It's like, all right, yeah, I know Kyler and Baker just got drafted number one overall and went back to back Heisman. So you have fun being an OU fan that didn't go there. But I don't know that that's my whole thing. It's just like. Like, I know a lot of people out in San Diego or whatever who are big, like, you know, fans of a certain team, and they didn't go to a huge college. But, like, there's not, like, there's San Diego State in, in San Diego. There's not, like, a Power 5 team or whatever. And UCLA and USC are super expensive to get into. But if you're from Oklahoma, like, OU is not the hardest school in the entire world to get into. It does cost more than UCO. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, all right, like let's just level with everyone. Just take a step back and just understand that, like, you're an OU fan now, but it's not like it's your lifelong passion and your forever goal in your entire life to rub it in every OSU fan's face when OU wins a game because you just start liking them. 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's probably well, a couple people if they listen to this would know it's about them, but I don't think they're going to listen to this podcast. I just, I don't see him waking up on a Saturday morning going like, oh, I'm going to check out Calvin's podcast today, but we'll see. Who knows? <laughs> I might get some angry tweets in the morning or some texts or whatever, but um, if I do, I'll make sure to share them just with you, Chris, just with you. Yeah, I'm down to see what they are. Yeah, but let's go ahead and end it out here on today's podcast. Thanks so much for joining, man. Um, if you're still following at this, still listening at this point, and you have any hate mail to give me or any uh, comments, you know, comments or feedback, go leave it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Or feel free to shoot me a DM at the CGA Tour on Twitter or Instagram. Chris, go and shout out yourself, and we'll end it out. You know, Christopher Meridi, uh, Kenyon for life on all platforms. Uh, it was just, you know, always fun talking sports. Until next time. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Peace. See you.